This is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast, hosted by Roman Prokopchuk, bringing you all things digital marketing, tech, business, and motivation. What's stopping you from becoming relentless in all aspects of life? Are you ready to become a digital savage? Let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, this is Roman Prokopchuk and this is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast. Today I have with me Rial Andrews. Rial is an Emmy Award winning actor, author, producer, podcaster, humanitarian, entrepreneur, fitness expert, and action coach. Pretty much a jack of all trades. Thank you for joining me today. Hey Roman, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I'm grateful to be here. It's a pleasure having you on. So tell me a little bit about your journey. How did you get to where you are today? Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll take you way back as far as I can remember. Um, I grew up in a small town, North Vancouver, BC. I was an only child. Uh, my mom was a single mom for the most part, you know, even though I always had a dad per se, but my, um, you know, and I remember things like my mom having three, four jobs back in the day. She was a bank teller was one of them taking me to the bank, keeping me under the counter, you know, um, that kind of thing. So we grew up on the other side of the tracks. Um, you know, I graduated from a class of 1200. I was the only African American. So, you know, um, I didn't know it then to be honest with you, Roman. Um, I just thought kids were mean, you know, but, you know, now looking back, you know, there was a lot of bullying and racism and, and stuff like that. Um, you know, um, you know, I remember my first dream was to make the 84 Olympics. That was like a lot of times you hear the way that people who grew up on the other side of the tracks, the way they get out is, you know, making the NFL or, you know, becoming a professional baseball player or something. And my exit plan, if you will, to get out to buy my mom her first house um, to buy a house was I was going to make the 84 Olympics because back then. Uh, you know, people that were making the Olympics and that were winning gold medals would get huge endorsement campaigns and stuff like that. So that was my dream. That was how I was going to get out, um, you know. But I remember I ran barefoot. I still have uh, my first pair of track spikes. I, got, I ran barefoot till grade seven uh, because we couldn't afford shoes. Um, I have my first track suit uh, um, that mom made for me by, you know, hand because she, you know, she didn't want me to not fit in with all the kids who were getting all the cool Nikes and stuff. And it says black magic on the back, which is kind of funny. Um, and, you know, that that's what I did. But what I did have was I had amazing support from my mom and dad and my what I call my dad, but he was my stepdad. Uh, my mom, every night she said, don't dream tonight, son, dream big. Uh, my dad taught me no such word as C-A-N-T. I basically erased that from my vocabulary. Um, he also taught me, he always used to say, son, I don't make excuses. I don't take excuses, not even good ones, not even justified ones. And, you know, those are the three main things. There were others, but those are the three main things that became a solid foundation of who I am today. I mean, I still to this day live and, and die by those things. And, you know, um, I, I remember my, you know, like my mom was so supportive of me that uh, at 13, was it 13, 16, 16, I decided I want to become an actor. 
And you can imagine my mom sweat, toiled, everything she could do to make me, you know, be able to be in the best coaches in the track. Scene. But when I came home and said, you know what, I want to become an actor, she didn't even hesitate to say, how can I help you on that journey? It wasn't like, are you kidding me? I've dedicated my whole life, you know, total, total support. Um, you know, so I remember, like, I, rem I started at the bottom in acting. I became an extra. Um, and I remember sitting at a table at lunch. It was a movie called 3D Space Hunter with Molly Ringwald. It was a really crazy movie. Had a bunch of stuff. And I was sitting at that table and everybody was talking. There were some stuntmen over here and some of the, you know, um, supporting cast actors. Um, and, you know, they were in earshot and people were talking about Hollywood and some of them were talking about how they're going to go to Hollywood. And and I spoke up and said, I'm going to go to Hollywood and become a successful actor and walk the red carpet. And they literally laughed at me. They literally I remember it like it was yesterday and they were like less than three percent of SAG even makes a living. And there's no work for black actors. So basically stay in your lane. Why don't you do something? Go get a normal job. And that and I remember I didn't say anything, Roman, but I remember looking right at that guy. And in my head, I said, well, then I'm going to be part of that three percent. And, you know, fast forward, I went on to become a very successful actor. I became an Emmy Award winning actor. I, it started with me uh, going from, you know, actually there to Toronto um, as a model, became a very successful model. Um, I became a first African-American stuntman in Canada, played every bad guy you could imagine, and then eventually made the big leap and started playing bigger roles. And um, what was crazy is um, I, know, I don't know that I knew it was an addictive personality, but I knew that I was an all-in guy. No matter what I did, I did. I don't do nothing less than a, as you notice right from in the podcast room you guys say something i literally am doing it before we even finish getting off the thing and um i intentionally sought out what i thought i could protect myself because i'd heard the stories of drug addiction and craziness and partying and all kind of crazy stuff that would happen in hollywood and i met this one guy on police academy of four and he was this picture of health. And, um, you know, he taught me about triathlons. He taught me about this thing called fit for life. And, and I was like, this is my guy, dude. And I specifically befriended him to surround myself with healthy people, if you will. And for the first couple of years, that was my only um, um, outlet, if you will. That was my boy. That was my friend. We did everything together. We went to beach and everything. And then one night I'm sitting at home and he calls me and he says, Hey man, we're having a party over here. You know, there's me and the, one of my other friends and there's, there was three girls. So one girl was by herself and he was like, come on over. And I was like, yeah, sure. Of course. And I got there and Roman, I found out that he was, um, basically a Jekyll and Hyde. He was a big time major cocaine dealer and uh, this whole time and that was it dude that was the beginning of the end you know um, my best friend was a cocaine dealer um, addictive personality never had to pay for it you can imagine where that went and that just went on you know many many years of just craziness and major addiction and um, I was just a nightmare, dude, but I did not see that till recently, two years ago. Cause when you're in it, you don't see it. You know what I mean? And, um, I'm sober two years now. 
um, past Christmas Day. Grateful for that. Um, building rapidly my family back together, which is 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 just such a blessing because it was oh my gosh, dude, it was uh, it was so toxic, Roman. Um, I honestly. Oh, sorry, I don't want to get emotional. Um, I honestly thought that, you know, my wife was just counting the days until, sorry, oh, sorry. Um, that my wife was just counting the days until my kids were old enough. And, you know, all of that. I had no relationships with my kids, especially my middle one. And I remember sitting in an AA meeting and, you know, they celebrate your birthdays. And this guy was champion, was celebrating his birthday. He was five years sober and he had his family there with him. And I just remember looking at that going, that's all I want. But I couldn't see that. I didn't think that would ever be a reality. But they have something called the promises. And uh, fast forward to now, dude, I'm I'm having that. You know, I'm I know I'll grow old with my wife. I know, you know, my middle son who used to say, "I hope you die. I can't wait till you die. I hate you." This past fought my past birthday. This past January 31st, woke me up at 3:30 with a handwritten note, gave me a big hug, which he's never done told me he loved me and he understood we got work to do but so that's kind of quick the 411 journey of me up until till now and um uh, now i'm into network marketing i found network marketing 14 years ago that's a big part of who i am and my acting um you know i'm back on the show general hospital i started that role 27 years ago i was off for 17 years because of a lot of things but that's really the quick 411 of it you know, we could talk about a lot, but that kind of gives you an idea. Yeah. Yeah. And I think having kind of a, a go-getter, kind of addicting personality, it depends who you surround yourself with. Obviously, it can be harnessed to take action. But if you have the wrong people around you, I think anyone with a, you know, a good framework, if they surround themselves with a bad element, eventually that bad element will kind of break you down. And I think it's one of those things where people think that they can get out of their situations, whatever they're dealing with, they're going through. But I feel like if they can, if they have breath and wake up the next day, they can do something about their situation. And ultimately it's kind of a you versus you battle. You have to make that distinction and come to the realization you need help or what I've been doing isn't, you know, right or isn't the right thing and, and make action and take steps towards, you know, rebuilding those relationships and things that may have suffered over that time. Yeah. Amen. I mean, that's pretty much it, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, well, personally, I, I have a different story in terms of my dad not being there and stuff like that. I mean, I tried my best to mend that, but it was like one of those things. He never even came to terms with, you know, what he was doing or how he acted in terms of, you know, this how this is how I was. I was never there, so on and so forth. And it's kind of a abusive personality and domestic violence and stuff like that. So, for me personally, I haven't spoken to him in person in 13 years. You know, I texted him. He texted me like happy birthday once in a while. But it's one of those things like coming to terms like, yes, like, I, I've forgiven him for my own, you know, sanity. But I won't necessarily have him in my life when he, you know, took no steps in terms of realizing what he did or kind of mending the relationship. 
Yeah, I, I can't imagine that, you know. My real dad, like I said, he left when I was three. Um, he came back into my life. It's crazy. I'll tell you a funny, this crazy story. Art imitating life. So my dad, I uh, um, so whatever that was, 18 or something, I'm in college now. And all, I went to college for about like 10 days. <laughs> and then I quit, decided I wanted to be in a reggae band, grew dreadlocks and everything. And we actually had a pretty successful band. Uh, it's called I and I. Now, my real dad was a musician, and his name was Albert Johnson. That was my real name, Ray L. Johnson, back in the day. And all of a sudden, one day, I'm, I'm walking in the music hall, and there's a poster up there, and it says, Ray L. Johnson Band, playing at Gastown. And I'm like, because, you know, Ray L. is a weird name, right? So I was like, and Ray L. Johnson, that's my name. So I went home, and I said, Mom, there's a band called Ray L. Johnson. And she started, she broke down, she started crying because this was a whole elaborate plan to reconnect with me. And he had been reaching out to her, but she didn't want to him to see me or whatever reason. And then she told me what was going on. Um, I went down to the um, where he was playing one night and I said, uh, you know, I sat there in the first set and, you know, he I, I know he knew who I was. I was right in the front row. And when they took a break, I went in the back and I walked in and I said, hey, do you know who I am? And he looked at me and said, and they were all doing drugs, by the way, Roman. Interesting, right? Drugs and alcohol. And he said, no, I said, I'm the real Ray L. Johnson. And I walked out and I never saw him again. I never went back to see him again. I had my dad was Nathan, Andy, and, you know, I was, I, I thought I was good in that way. I found out later on that it was more damaging than, than I knew at the time it was. A, but what was crazy was fast forward to like four years ago, I get a part on a show called days of our lives, a soap opera. And I'm playing the character of a dad who's an alcoholic who's wants to reconnect with his daughter because he needs a kidney transplant to survive. And he's going to ask her to give her kidney transplant. The reason my dad was trying to reconnect with me because he was an alcoholic. He needed a kidney transplant and he wanted to, I didn't find out this till later until after he passed away. But how crazy is that? Yeah, that that's uh, almost kind of not coincidence. And I think like relating to my father, too, is one of those things where like you have to identify if someone's a narcissist. So with me, when he asked for anything or showed any kind of affection, there was a reason or ask behind it. So then I would have to sit there and figure out, all right, he's either being nice or trying to be there for me. What is he looking for in return? And, you know, there's times and times I gave him the benefit of the doubt. And then always that was the key. So it's one of those things where it's like, like me coming to terms with it and talking to people about it, I think was important to kind of let go. So it wouldn't impact my relationships in my, you know, adult life. But I mean, it's one of those things that in, in reflection, I wish that, you know, I had a father that was more present. Yeah. 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 I, I found out, like I said, later, I remember, man, I used to have some anger issues dude. every now and then. But I mean, like anger, dude, I used to punch walls and break phones and kick windows open and all kind of stuff. And when I met my wife, who's my wife now, 
praise God. She was the first woman in my life, which is why we're married, I'm sure, who actually stood up to me, was not going to take my crap, you know. And um, she basically said, do you need to go to therapy or we're not going to be together? And I was, I was like, I don't need therapy, but eventually I, I went. And so I went to therapy one day and uh, it was anger management this one and i'm sitting there i finally open up to this lady and i'm talking to her and uh she says tell me about your dad and i like just blew it off I like uh, he left me one three i don't care really it doesn't make a difference i go on and on and on and then as the sessions went on and she started unveiling that i had problems with abandonment that i had problems with saying goodbye that i had problems with this and then she looks me dead in the eyes and she goes and you don't think it has anything to do with that your father left you at three years old. And that's what the first time I realized that it was maybe bigger than I ever gave it, you know, permission or whatever. Yeah. I think it's crazy how like someone has to kind of guide you to that thought. So, I mean, I've definitely been there as well. So what motivates you to succeed? Obviously those motivations may have changed over time, but what currently motivates you to succeed? Um, you know, the number one, I have a few things on, on a personal level, like when we talk about the why, my why, my number one thing that motivates me is providing for my family and leaving a legacy, but specifically this, my dad, my stepdad was an amazing man. Um, uh, and he was a fitness expert. That's why I became one. Um, and he was very good at it. He worked his butt off. He made a lot of money. He saved a lot of money. He bought a nice condo, um, for him and mom in Vancouver by the Lonsdale Key because he knew eventually they wouldn't be able to drive. Actually, he was terrible. He crashed so many cars, you know, <laughs> it's like a, so, um, and he could walk there and get the fresh fruit and all that. Um, so he had it all planned out. He had it all worked out. Um, but what he didn't have planned out was at 62, he got Parkinson's and, uh, he battled that for a long time. He didn't go home to be with the Lord till 87, but he eventually used up his savings. Then he eventually had to sell his condo and they ended up dying in a, a $50 cab ride away from each other. And I used to sit at his bedside in the hospital and because I had network marketing in my life at that time, and I used to talk to my dad about it, like, this would be great. It's a plan B and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he didn't see it and he didn't do it. And I used to sit there and think, if my dad had network marketing in his life, would the end of his life be different? And we both know it absolutely would. You know, he would have been able to grow old in his house with mom and hire people because, you know, what people don't understand is that, you know, old um, um, long-term care is about $500 a day. The average person has $2,500, $5,000 in the bank. You do the math. You figure out how long you're going to be able to stay with your loved one. Well, I asked my money man back in the day, well, what happens if you can't pay the bills? He says, where do you think all the homeless people come from? So that motivates the crap out of me because I am not going out like that, dude. I'm going to grow old with my wife in my house, be able to hire people. And, you know, that's number one reason why what motivates me. Also, you know, um, in terms of, you know, um, because 
we're talking network marketing. That's my main thing, what I do in terms of what I'm excited and passionate about. And a lot of people say, well, why would you do network marketing? You're an actor. Because most people like, you know, they think that's the, well, here's why. Um, I just booked an amazing job. It was a Jerry Bruckheimer series. I bought my first house. I had matching Yukon Excels, had the whole deal. It was good. I'm top of the world and it's Christmas Eve and I get a call and I'm fired. Just like that. You can imagine that wasn't the best Christmas, <laughs> right? Um, and I had a taste of network marketing at that time. And I said, never again am I going to give anybody power over me like that. You know, and then when you talk, you get the leverage where I get to act today because I want to, not because I have to. Big difference, right? Like, I wish I had network marketing back in the day when I was starting because I did a lot of acting roles that I absolutely would not do today, you know, that I wish I could burn. And the last thing would what I call my, my why behind my why, um, and that really drives me every day is fighting for those people who have yet to realize that they have a gift, that they have a calling, that they deserve to walk in excellence, that they deserve to walk in their power. You know, fighting for mental mental um, wellness, fighting for bullying. You know, for me, Roman, it's like I see myself in this Roman um, stadium back in the day. And up in the stands is like Martin Luther King, President Kennedy, my mom, my dad, grandpa, people, the kids are being bullied and all that. And every morning, like if I don't want to go to the gym or I don't get up, I see those little eyes looking at me. Come on, coach. Come on, coach. We need you. Fight for us. Or I see my dad or my Martin Luther King. I'm not going to let them down. So that's what motivates me. Um, for a long time, it used to be, and it still does, dude. I mean, I, I don't say it motivates me. I say it fuels me. I love it when people say you can't. I love it when people say no. I'm like, please tell me I'm not going to do something. Please, please tell me I'm not going to do something. So I would say that's what fuels me and that's what motivates me. Yeah, I think I'm definitely driven by kind of leaving a legacy and switching that mindset to legacy. And uh, like you said, I have a thing where I think we spoke on your show about my grandfather passing and I could have just like took it easy on some things and took time, but I wouldn't think it was fair for him coming here and my parents and, you know, my ancestors in terms of being provided opportunities here and not taking advantage of them. So I feel like whatever you're handed, I mean, that moment may be the only time you're giving that, that opportunity. And if you don't at least try, you'll always regret, you know, the what if. So when you're 30, 40, 50 years down the line thinking, well, what if I, you know, spoke to that person or showed up or did that interview or, you know, had that conversation where my life could be now. So I think it's just taking advantage of whatever you're given and making it work for you. Obviously, the cards people are dealt are different. Some people are coming out of crazy situations that they have the odds stacked against them, but it's situational. Make make do of your situation and use it to your advantage. Mm, so good. I, I don't. Yeah, I love that, Roman. You and me are just like that. I don't know if I shared that or no, but I wouldn't. I see the same thing, man. For me, it's like, you know, and I totally this is the world I live in. It's like every day God puts people in my path. And just like you, man, I know one day I'm going to be sitting there with my higher power and, uh, you know, he's going to be, we're going to look back over your legacy 
and I do the best. I know there's going to be some, but I try to minimize it because, you know, you know, you know what I'm talking about, Roman? We get that. Oh, stop. Say hi to that person. Or you get that voice. You got to call somebody. We're not perfect by any means, but I try to do it more and more because I don't want God, just like you said, to say to me, hey, remember that that champion that day at the Arco station? And I told you to slow down and say hi to him, but you were too busy. You didn't listen to me, even though I was loud in your head. Let me show you what his life looks like now because you didn't talk to him. Oh, better yet, let me show you what it would have looked like because he has the power to do that had you slowed down and talked to him and been obedient. And I, like you did, uh, I, don't want, I don't want none of that. I don't want none of that. Yeah. And it's, I mean, for me, it's like being a heart led entrepreneur and giving back. Like, obviously we met on clubhouse and the amount of time I put in on clubhouse to help others, but then it's rewarding when you see people take action, people reach out, Oh, I built this website for my podcast. And now, you know, I'm getting all these, you know, opportunities from that, or, you know, telling people in terms of technology, what they should be doing next week, they take action. It's really rewarding. And then it's kind of reciprocated and then they can help other people and, and just be successful about it. So I feel it's like a fast track mastermind incubator in that sense. So, you know, what I can do to give back. And I think some people take the, the mindset of, you know, I'm going to get big and no one can like come up with me. So nobody can eat at my table. Like there's not enough to go around, but you, you know, I I've left a lot of money on the table clients because it was simply the right thing to do, or I wanted to help more so than, you know, chasing a check because I mean, I know my skill set and abilities. If I, you know, lost it all, I can, I can, I have the opportunity and the hunger to gain it all back. But those relationships, you're not going to go back and the what ifs you're not going to create. Well, yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm going to like give you some props and testimonial because we haven't actually seen each other a lot because I keep missing you on stuff. So um, I don't know if you were there that day and a lot. So we're going maybe four weeks, Roman. Has it been four weeks since I first stepped into your your morning podcast room? Maybe four weeks. It might be the third week. And because of all the, like you say, I mean, I don't even know how you guys do it, dude. You do like three. I'm like, dude, does this guy like have a double or a triple or something? But yeah, you guys show up, you give so much value. You're so available. And because of that, and the key is I'm going to do a double tondra there take action like we talked about because a lot of people are just showing up and you're giving them so many gifts and so much volume they don't do anything with it but because of your servant hearts and me taking action in like four weeks i've been trying to i've been doing a podcast for years okay and i love it it's great but with what i've learned from you um with the connections i've made Oh my gosh, dude. My podcast has gone from like here to here. I have people on my podcast right now. It's insane. It's insane. I'm booked out till mid April right now, like mid April to it. it like it's, it's crazy. And, and, and I'm doing like two, three, four podcasts a day and I'm booked out till mid April. Right. And that's all because of you. So I'm extremely grateful and I appreciate you. And and it's just it's just amazing, dude. So know that you've made a big difference in this champion's life. Massive. I could never repay you, brother. I appreciate it. But with you, it's taking action. You know what I mean? There's advice that we've given to people just like you in terms of same advice, what you should be doing with your show, how to grow your show equipment. And they're still at 
where they were, you know, weeks ago. And directly related to that, you know, we we didn't expect because we met on Clubhouse. And because we've helped so many people, they supported the podcast. So that launch was a, a top 50 launch on the charts for entertainment news in like the US and four other countries. So we directly attribute it to giving first and then people got value out of us. So why not support, you know, us from that because we added value to them. Boom. There you go, buddy. I love it. And you deserve it. Thank you. So what's one thing you may have seen as a weakness in yourself in the past that you've turned around and utilized as a strength today? Mm. Yeah. Uh, procrastination um, is a big one, which I've turned around. Um, you know, for me, I actually have it written still here on the, the whiteboard, you know, procrastination for me came from excellence is another thing my dad always taught me do everything with excellence it's got your signature on it so and i remember being in a coaching call one day and this champion the coach susan sly said you know write this down it's going to be messy just do it and that clicked for me. I was like, I ran upstairs, a big marker right there. I said, it's going to be messy. And so now I just jump in. I just, I just figure things out. But the other thing, if you know, we're being totally transparent and authentic and real is making it not about me and truly, honestly being a servant and making it about others. I mean, I'll just be real, dude. I mean, I've been doing network marketing 14 years, 15 years. I've always been in the top 10 recruiter, if not number one, consistently for 14 years. I've won every incentive. I've earned every trip. I've never missed anything. But it was always about me. I, 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 me, me, me. Never had any team members on a trip. Never had in, you know, for me, it started with getting sober and starting to do that work. And starting to realize how much of a egotistical, narcissistic, <laughs> you know, I, I, I guy I was, you know, um, and learning to love and like people and honestly make it. I live, I don't live for rail anymore. I live for other people. And it's so rewarding. Like you said, it's like this, my, my, the, my new company, I have the most amazing team ever because I'm showing up different and we know it's a voluntary army. So I would always attract people before because that's who I was, but they wouldn't hang around. You know what I mean? They quickly would find out. But now it's like, you know, I had six people on this last incentive trip. We're on track to already have over 20 people. And I'm sure we'll have even more, you know, um, helping just help the champion on my team in our first year be able to retire from a toxic job, you know, helping a mother that's, you know, you know what I'm saying? So to me, those victories are invaluable. The, and the testimonials I get and, and um, you know, the following that I have on like, you know, the different social media patterns because, and people aren't stupid. You know what I mean? They can tell if you're real or not. They can tell if you're, and, you know, that's one of the cool things about Clubhouse. Don't you find that? I don't know what it is. I haven't been able to put my finger on it yet, Roman, but there's something special about Clubhouse. Like, I mean, if you think about it, we're connecting with people on such a high level, like, and making friends, like feeling like you know each, and we don't even get to see each other. 
we're just listening to each other on an app. I don't know, man. Something's crazy going on there. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I think it's one of those things, I guess the saying is like real recognizes real. So when you go on Clubhouse in a room, you can usually kind of sift out what the reason the people are talking about, what they're doing. So I think usually people can like look and get through that. And, you know, people of similar mindsets, or at least, you know, I'm 36 at this point, I gravitate to like-minded people that have the same kind of vision or drive. Obviously, they may be in different industries, but, you know, willing to help each other out, you know, giving them pointers, just like sharing opportunities and things that we've been through that may help them pass something. I think it's like being in the trenches kind of leadership too. So you can lead on a pedestal and just, you know, shout like do this or that, or you can be there with everybody else on the same level and teach them and show them because when they learn, then they can do that for themselves instead of just, you know, barking orders. I mean, that's how I tried to lead in different uh, leadership roles in former companies before I started my company, where it was like, you know, the, the founders of the company did reviews and I'm like, can you do the people that report to me first. So they see they're valuable and you value their time and what they're about first. Sometimes they weren't receptive to that. And I'm like, you're going to build morale when you show value and you actually appreciate people and what they contribute to your company. And I'm like, your company is not going to be successful if you just treat people like this. That instance, we had a difference of opinion and we parted ways, but it's, it's one of those things where I try to implement, I think when I was like 29 turning 30, and that has paid dividends in terms of like that mindset over kind of, you know, chasing checks or taking a client just to take a client. Mm, mm, yeah. So good, man. Right on. Yep. Mm -hmm. So what's one piece of advice you can leave with the audience, personal or professional? Number one, show up, take action. Um, you know, from a professional point of view, is just show up and take action. Consistency is key. That's the number one thing. And be coachable. I know that's three. Um, personally, is this. I just came to this conclusion just the other day. And here's what I'm going to say. And see, I finally got my head wrapped around it to be able to make it make sense. Um, everybody... Let me put it this way. I have a champion on my team that is a champion. He's in the program like me. He's seven years sober, but he still smokes weed. We in the world, the program, no, that's not sober. He's still self-medicating, but there's a lot of people that do that. They justify it. Well, I'm not drinking anymore. I'm not doing that. It's just smoking weed. It's okay. It's still self-medicating. He's very challenged with his business. Um, and he's like, a coach, I don't get it, man. I work him up. And he does, dude. He's a grinder like you and me. I'm working my butt off. I'm doing the three-way calls with you. I'm enrolling people, but people aren't sticking around. They ain't doing this. Why, 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 why? And I, I honestly didn't have the answer. And I'm coming in. And then it hit me. What I recognized was that was me. And it doesn't matter how much personal growth, because, you know, network marketing is personal growth of the paycheck. And I spent tens of thousands of dollars on personal growth, trying to be the better person, trying to do that. And it was the same thing. And here's what I'm going to say. Until you figure out how to self-medicate, let's use that word, from within, starting with your higher power, in my opinion, 
being able to deal with the stress, anxiety, depression, whatever that is, you know, from within rather than outside, whatever that self-medication is, drugs, alcohol, sex, pornography, working too hard, working out too much. Those are all self-medicating things if they're not healthy, right? Until you get that right, you're never going to walk in your power. You're never going to walk in your full glory. Uh, that's my opinion. And I've said that to my buddy the other day. I said, here's the deal, dude. Tell you, let that go. Because he does all the personal growth. He's the personal growth king. And um, I said, dude, tell you, let that go. You're never going to be your power power. And uh, I will uh, give one other example of this quick. You know, um, I remember once that was part of the process. I had the number one fastest growing team in this company. You know, and you can imagine as network marketers, I mean, and we were seven figure incurrents in that company, but we plateaued, we weren't growing. And so I'm trying to figure out why. So what I decided to do, because I thought this would fix it, is resign from my team, walk away from the whole team, if you can imagine, start over by scratch and enroll frontline to the number one paycheck in the company. I thought that would fix it, right? I'm going to be the number one guy. I'm going to learn all the tricks, the secrets. And I remember talking to him on the phone. He was in Hawaii. I told him and he said, hey, listen to me. He said, Rail, he said, if you want to join my team because you want to build your, your business, I don't want you. But if you want to build your team, join my team because you want to work on your personal growth, be a better husband, better man, I'd love to have you. And of course I said that. I'm going to say whatever it takes. And he said, okay, great. So he said, here's what I'm going to do. I'll be home in 10 days. I'm going to invite you out to my house. Uh, we're going to spend a couple of weeks together. I'm going to mentor you. In the meantime, I'm going to send you a box. And I want you to dive into this and study this stuff. I'm like, yes, he's going to send me all his secrets. He's going to send me all his scripts. Yes, yes. Finally, right? And it was prior to that box coming, we were having one of those strong conversations, me and my wife, and we were arguing about why the business isn't growing. Why are we playing? I don't get it. I work my butt off. I kill for this family. All right. You know, blah, blah, blah. And she looks at me and she goes, Rail, till you fix what you need to fix inside your four walls, our business will never grow. And I remember going, what the heck are you talking about? That has nothing to do with our business. And when this box came, <laughs> I remember my wife was with me. She was in the driver's seat. I was in here. I was so excited. I ran down with this big box and I'm ripping it out. I'm ripping it open. And it's like, how to work on your marriage, how to get the demons out of your life, how to be. And I'm like, what the heck is this? And my wife's looking at me and she's going, you don't get it, do you? So personally you need to fix what's inside your four walls you need to learn to not self-medicate externally whatever that looks like and be able to fix yourself within and i believe it starts with um you know um finding your higher power whatever that may be because when i used to think rails got it it was a shit show but once i learned that my higher power when god's got it it works out all good yeah, it's it's a different mindset, definitely. And it's one of those things. Some people may reach a certain level of success, but still have those demons, the things behind closed doors. And like you said, you can't truly align kind of who you are or who those personal relationships um, are and, you know, how they are in terms of their health and that, you know, financial and business success, unless you kind of take care of yourself and get yourself right first. Mm -hmm. Amen.
Hashtag truth. Mic drop. So I really appreciate you stopping by today. Can you let the audience know how they can find you? Yes, absolutely. My main website is www.rayalandrews, that's my name, .com. Um, all my social media links is at Rail Andrews. I'm on Clubhouse. And in my social media, I have the link. You can click on that. Subscribe to my podcast, my YouTube channel. I appreciate the support. Follow me. My main thing I can, is Instagram, I guess, at Rail Andrews. And, and that's it. And in the top right corner of my website, there's a button. I love people click it schedule a virtual coffee date with me and we can just sit and chat you know whatever awesome thanks again for stopping by all right thanks for having me brother appreciate you this podcast has been brought to you by nova zora digital find out how nora zora digital can help your company grow online learn more at novazoradigital.com until next time all you digital savages